y'all. It's time for another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. Today, Tony and Marty will list the five games they would buy if they had to restart their board game collection. And believe it or not, Marty has a friend besides Tony. Keegan will join Marty for a review of Arkham Horror Fortune and Folly, and Marty's dad, my wonderful father-in-law, will review Undaunted Stalingrad. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names, episode 293, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. My name is Marty. I'm Tony. Unfortunately, I can't think of the artist who does that song. Oh, Clay. Was it Clay? Guys, just looked it up. Hold on. I'll get my phone. It's still in my Google search. I can tell oh, okay. you that in a second because, I mean, it's right there in my Google search. It says, it says Johnny Nash. Johnny Nash. Okay. Mm-hmm. From, I don't know, the 60s, 70s. I don't know. Very, the, very popular song. Very from uh, 1972. Well, there you go. There you go. I can see okay. clearly now, which I assume has to do with uh, the fog of war that I experienced while playing Undaunted Stalingrad. Well, multiple things. Actually, it also includes one of the topics we're going to talk about. Oh, okay. Okay. See how, um, see how that ties in. Everything ties in, man. Everything ties in now? Everything ties in. We can make that happen. So, because okay. I mean, I mean, you've got the fog of war going on here. You've got stuff that we're going to be talking about or you're going to be talking about from uh, Arkham Hara and, you know, the horrors that may be with hidden and in the shadows. Sure. Um, and then uh, our, our topic about um, what board games would you buy? I thought it was clever. I thought I, it was No, clever. it is clever. It is clever. And I, I will say just right off the bat, this is going to be an unusual episode, y'all, because Tony's been extremely busy with a wedding that is now complete. I'll ask you about it in just a second, see how okay. it went. But we have not had a chance to get together and play a lot of games. So two of the reviews are going to be uh, with guests. Uh, the Undaunted Stalingrad review actually be with my dad, who I played the entire campaign with. And we're going to do a quick review of the Arkham Horror new uh, Fortune and Folly scenario. And my uh, buddy from work who plays the game with me joined in so he could give his thoughts on the game. Now, you are here for, I think, a pretty exciting topic in that uh, if we had to start our board game collection of from scratch, what are the first five games that we would buy? Mm-hmm. And I pitched this a couple weeks ago, and I've really struggled, but I think I've narrowed it down to five, but it could, these five could change tomorrow. It took me five minutes. Okay. Well, then, then, then you're easy. Well, but see, I, I set parameters around it. I bet you didn't do what I did when it came to parameters. Well, there are some parameters. Okay. Well, when we get to we'll that, talk segment, about it. we'll, we'll get talk there. about what I, but anyway, that's what's coming up y'all. So you're going to hear a lot of different voices on the show. And we've also got a review of a uh, motor city, a five minute initiative, and we're going to be giving away a copy, Tony. And how do we give away copies of games on this show? Uh, we usually, well, we used to have to fill out a sorry form that I would have to create on Google and then we'd have to research. It would close it out and we'd forget to close it out. And, but now it's a real simple process. You join our discord server, mm-hmm. Marty post a thing says, here's a contest thumbs up and you're entered. I don't think it get any harder than that or easier. I don't think it get any easier. So for example, we just gave away uh, Watergate. And here's the thing. I didn't promote Did this. Yes. I didn't, I didn't promote win. this. On, I'm, we had it mentioned in our last episode. But I didn't win. Well, did you enter? I'm not going to say I did. Uh, anyway, so here's the thing. I didn't promote it on social media or anywhere. Basically, it was in our Discord channel. And if you listen to the episode, you had a chance to win. And uh, 
And that's just how it's going to be. I would just say, if you join our Discord channel, we'll be giving away stuff and make sure to listen. And this time around, we're going to be giving away the new Rollin' Right Motor City. And did you see their new Rollin' Right just started on Kickstarter today, French Quarter? I did. And uh, I've always said uh, Pinchback Riddle along Rollin' Right is an instant back for me. But I'm beginning to question it because Uh-oh. I've got so many. Okay. It's not that it's not good or I don't think it would be good because I've always enjoyed them. It's just how many do I really need? Mm. I'm interested in the theme because it's French Quarter, which is for those who may not know, that's New Orleans. It's an, a section of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And I can, and I'm like, okay, so how does it differ from Three Sisters or Motor City, which I really enjoyed, um, or um, Fleet, the dice game? So, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I need to go look at it, read a little bit about it. And just decide, okay, is it different enough from the other 25 rolling rights that I have? Right. And that may, I don't think that's an exaggeration either. You got a lot. Oh, and by the way, I have another one that was sent to us from Stronghold. I'll be giving you two pretty soon. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I know you and Donna love your rolling rights. And now that your wedding is over, you'll have a chance to sit and play uh, some more mm-hmm. rolling rights because you ain't got to worry about that stress anymore. So how did it go? Oh, well, for, it wasn't Donna and I's wedding. It was our daughter, but yes, I just want to be clear on that. Mm-hmm. And well, it rained during the event. It was so beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And then all of a sudden, for some odd reason, some stupid storm decided to roll in. But, you know, rain on a wedding during a wedding is good luck. Correct. And um, it actually let up enough Sunday night to where it was very refreshing if it can be you know it's it was that light mist without mm-hmm. being irritating i'll admit her dress got a little messy as she walked across because it was outdoor and there was no tent oh no and, i mean we had the option to move it inside so game day decision had to be made by my daughter she says do you want it inside or outside so that they could start setting up and she's looking at me and i go baby go outside this is what you want do it outside if it's pouring, we can quickly move everything inside where people can stand and not go sit in chairs, you know? Sure. And so that it went, it went fabulous. The reception went fabulous. Um, it was uh, family and some of her closest friends. So it was a small wedding and real happy Donna who did the wedding cake. It didn't fall. It was amazing in the taste. And then she did all the desserts. And I'm still don't understand why, but it's not my job. It was my job to just lug stuff everywhere. Okay. So that, that's, and it's over. It's done. They're off. They're gone. And I've got the dogs for another week. So you should hear some more chains <laughs> rattling around here. But big news. If you want to share, you told me something recently. I've not shared on here. No. Oh, I guess not. I guess not. So, yeah. You so, just barely shared with me. And yet, you know, <laughs> did I share on here? I well, just speaking, heard last week. Uh, I had to drag of, it out of you. Speaking of weddings, my oldest son, Adam, is going to be getting married in September. So, I'll be going through some of the same stuff. This will be down in Savannah. Also, a little f- small thing that, um, but being, you know, the groom's parents, I feel like I'm not going to really do a lot. So, that that's my plan. Hmm. Write a big check and say, y'all go handle it. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, no. Marty's not writing a big check of anything. Oh, you haven't seen rehearsal dinners. Oh, I can still control that. You know, Chick-fil-A nugget trays. 
because they're from Montana, so they don't know anything about Chick-fil-A. So this will be a big thing for them. No, I know you. I know what's going to happen down there in Savannah, and I would expect nothing less from you as I would expect y'all stopping in Florence at Bucky's. Oh my gosh, yes. Everybody gets a brisket <laughs> sandwich from Bucky's. Vanessa! Can't hear me. I was going to pitch that to her, see what she thought. <laughs> I'm telling you, I already thought this out for you because I've had to, unfortunately, go through with all this thought process. But yeah, you and Bucky's. Oh, man. Drive down with a carload of Bucky's. Get one or two for yourself for the drive. Woo. Mm, that sounds good. Like of course, <laughs> Bucky sandwiches are about 10 bucks a piece. So it's not too cheap still. Yeah, we'll talk offline on just what cheap is nowadays. <laughs> and what I will say one thing. Small weddings are the bomb. Tony had a great idea, Vanessa. Bucky's brisket sandwiches for a rehearsal dinner. She said, perfect. That's it. <laughs> we have it. And homemade ice cream. She'll take oh. her ice cream maker, just be churning all day. Get peach ice cream going, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I told her it was either that or a Chick-fil-A uh, tray. You would love a Chick-fil-A See, I told you. I told you that Chick-fil-A would be an option. Like, seriously. <laughs> Chick-fil-A and a bunch of Polynesian sauce, baby. We are in. We got a winner. There you go. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Well, I mean, that's that's fine if it, it floats. I like that because we did it at Nelly's in Belmont and the biggest hits where people were sitting there going, what is this? Why are there chickens sitting on waffles? Why? Are, how dare they? I know. I was like, have you not? And these people are down in Florida. This was Donna's family. They're going, I've never heard of chicken and waffles. And I'm like, what? They, well, didn't I have chicken and waffles down in Florida? I don't know. Obviously, obviously not. I guess they've never gone to a real restaurant. Dang it. Now I want a chicken and waffle. I know. And I looked at them. I said, okay, have you ever had a chicken sandwich? And they go, yeah. And I said, what's waffles? Basically. They're basically, you know, squared, you know, bread with little squares in them. Mm -hmm. Fold it up. You got a chicken sandwich. That's all there is to it. Yeah. But luckily, I'm not having to take care of the wedding dinner because they want shrimp and grits. I went, that's all on you, baby. Shrimp and grits, all on y'all. See, why not do some Frogmore? Frogmore stew. Oh, man. Well, here's the thing. Adam is into that stuff. I mean, if he could do like the Louisiana Cajun stuff, like uh, shrimp etouffee, crawfish etouffee, and uh, stuff like that. But I know shrimp and grits is something that's wanted. But you know what? That's in September, so that's happening so they're coming in yep. town in, in June and Vanessa's having a meet the bride thing or something. It's during while I'm working, so I won't be here. So that's the way you do it. That is how you do it. And I will <laughs> say two, two last things. And then we're going to close it out for the wedding is one. I did not mess up the father of the bride speech and chat chat GTP failed miserably at writing it for me. <laughs> so I had to do it myself. Kind of disappointed me. And the final thing is we uh, made Donna cry during father and daughter dance. Cause she wasn't expecting the song. So what song was it? It was, I loved her first. I loved her. First. I don't know. I don't know that one. It's a country song and yeah. That's so why I don't she, know it. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> but let's get on to more contests or um, let's just say um, battles. And that is the strike tournament. I, I am flabbergasted. Thank everyone who has already bought their tickets to this. I, 
Marty texted me and said, hey, we've sold, you know, almost all the tickets. And I said, well, crap, that means we actually got to do it. And he, of course, rolled his eyes at me. But no, seriously, thank you all. I did not expect the response that we got on that as soon as we did. Yeah, so we've only got 14 tickets left, y'all. As of this recording, we only have 14 tickets left. Now, I don't know if we can squeeze out more space. Let's, if we sell these out, we'll, we'll see what we can do. But we still got 14 left. So if you're interested, and these went fast. Uh, those, we went from the 75 to 14 in less than a week. So thank you all so much. A lot of people are saying they're attending for the first time. To me, Tony, this also means that Gen Con is, sounds like it's going to be back to kind of normal. Uh, mm-hmm. This year, last year's only had 50,000 attend. I think it's going to be going up because last year we didn't sell this many tickets overall the whole time we sold it. We've already sold more we did last year in one week. So I just think a lot more people will be coming this year. I, I, it's good for them. Bad for me. I enjoyed this crowds last year. It was just so nice to be able to move. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, you know. Unfortunately, there won't be any more space, but there'll just be more people. And unfortunately, one of our good friends of the show, Jerry Reese, will not be able to attend. But he re- I know. But he reached out and said, you know what? Since I can't attend, I personally would like to buy two tickets and give them away to somebody. So we're going to be giving two tickets away to the strike tournament. And again, this is going to be on our Discord channel. If you're going to be going and you're going to be there and you haven't bought your tickets yet or you're interested in going, it's going to be again Thursday night at the Old Spaghetti Factory. 7 p.m. for an hour and a half strike giveaways. This will include food. So he's buying. I mean, it's basically it's a free meal if you win. It's two mm-hmm. free meals if you win. You can't beat that. No, you can't. And you, what time did you say? Seven, right? 7 p.m. on Thursday night. Okay. Yes. I just I, for some odd reason I thought I heard 7:30. I just wanted to validate 7 p.m. on Thursday night. Well, next time I'm up in old Jerry's neck of the woods, I may take him out for a spaghetti dinner. You should, because that is super, super nice. Man. We've got so many people on our Discord channel. Just A lot of people are like finding stuff just to give away. They're sponsoring their own giveaways. It's like, here's some books I want to give away. It's like TR Knight gave away two older games and stuff. So it's it's really cool what's going on out there. So again, join our Discord channel. Uh, you can find it on our website at rolldicetechnames.com. Uh, so not a lot of tickets left. Uh, go buy them if you want. Uh, speaking of not a lot of things left, uh, Good thing I looked to see how much web space we had left on our website for storing our episodes because we were down to only like having enough space for two or three episodes left and we had to buy some additional uh, web storage, Tony, to um, support the show. That was my exit strategy. There it is. <laughs> and if you continue to have all these guests to do uh, reviews, I don't see where I'm needed anymore. <laughs> So we're out of web space, so I don't have to worry about the shows being posted. You can't post them anymore because there's unless you start. Del- you know, I th- I thought about telling you just delete the old crap. I mean, one through two two hundred and fifty. You know, just delete one through two hundred and fifty, and we would be good. But I guess that wouldn't be in case someone wants to discover the really bad RDTN. Exactly, exactly. So what we did is we've increased our space. So far, <laughs> so, so far we have. Uh, we have about 20 meg, 20 gig of space uh, for all the episodes we've had over the past 10 years. We added another 20 gig, which means, Tony, we have 10 years left. There you go. 10 years yeah. of the 300 <laughs> episodes before we run out of space. Oh, my God. That was wasting money. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. I bring this up because... While you're out there at the strike tournament at uh, 
uh, I didn't even mention where you get the tickets from. Go to buymeamoonpie.com or it's buymeacoffee.com slash RDTN. It's over on our website if you want a link. And you'll find the uh, tickets there. Uh, because we've had a 50% increase basically in the cost of our server to maintain this show, if you want to tip a couple moon pies uh, while you're there, that would be great. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for all those that have donated in the past and continue to donate uh, with a recurring donation. It means a lot. And now that we've had to increase our space, our expenses have gone up a little bit, but uh, we'll eat it. But it'd be nice to, to maybe offset that just a little bit. So any support you'd have, uh, we you give us, we would greatly appreciate it. Or if you don't, then that is a, a once again, exit strategy. I'm liking it. Either way, but I've got, oh man, we've paid for this already. I guess I'm committed now. 10 years, baby. Oh man. That's <laughs> uh, hilarious. That's oh, hilarious. Yeah, it is. I'm laughing. All right. Now, there you go. All right. So that's, that's all that stuff out of the way. And thank you all for hanging around for 10 years and having us. Right, I'm, we're going to hit 300 episodes this summer. I think we can time it with a couple extra vidcast episodes where our 300th will be at Gen Con, and that would be pretty freaking cool. Okay. I, or, but when we record at Gen Con, we're going to do 300? Is that what you're saying? Where yeah. we'd stay up till... Yeah. Quality episodes for 300 where we're half asleep and dead to the world and we're recording. Yes, that's 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 smart plan. Yeah, yeah, but what we could do is we could take the microphones around and and, and talk to people for the three hundred thing. And y'all are who? You've been around for three hundred? What? That's fair. That's fair. Okay, I'm fine with that. I just the, just don't be surprised by the um response you get. Just that's the way I'm thinking about this happening now. I do not understand the next thing in our show notes. Playtonics instead of Teutonics. Yeah. So here's the thing. I had to pay out five dollars to miniature. Oh, market. you did. Did you yes. screw up Oros? I did. Mm. I, I said the study of plate, uh, earth plates, was platonics, <laughs> which is way different than what Teutonics is, which is the study of plates. Because I, I don't, I mean, true, the plates of the earth probably don't have an intimate relationship with each other. It probably is a platonic relationship between also, two they plates. They slide over themselves. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so I don't I, know how more intimate you could get sliding on top of one another. I, I, I mean, it makes sense. Plates, platonics. I mean, I, I, that's what I get for just talking without looking anything up. So, yes, I apologize for that for the uh, person that called it, they got a they got a five dollar gift card out of it. So there you go. Talking without looking something up, that's two hundred and ninety three times in, <laughs> that we've done something like that. I mean, that's a given. We interrupt this program for an important news announcement. I can't believe this. I am actually having to make a correction of a correction. I said Teutonics, and it's Tectonics. And the reason why I said Teutonics is because I'm currently playing Nevsky. And one of the sides are the Teutons. So I had that in my brain and said that. That's tectonics. That's it. I'm putting this to bed. Never to mention it again. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Now, uh, so during during the wedding, uh, I showed the bridesmaids because they were asking me about the show. And they were like, hey, um, have you ever had anybody on? Famous, and I showed him the picture, the splash image of you and me standing there with Joe Maganello. Yes, is that correct? Mm-hmm. And they go, "Oh my God, how did you? that's unreal?" And I said, "What well, is there someone you want to have on that's special?" <laughs> and they said, "If if you get, and you're gonna help me with his name, Henry Cavanaugh, Cav- H- Henry Cavill, Cavill, 
And I'm, I'm like, who's that? And they had to show me a picture. And I go, who's that? And they go, Superman. I said, oh. And then they go, The Witcher. And I go, oh, I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, if you can do that, we would be amazed. And, he, I heard, and they told me he was a big Warhammer player. Correct. Now, do you think that he's getting excited about this Warhammer 10th edition? Yeah. So uh, for anybody that's really interested in miniature games, I always like to come in and, and talk about when is a good time to jump in. Mm-hmm. If you've ever had any interest in Warhammer 40K, the 10th edition was announced and will be coming out in uh, June. And we got a copy of it to uh, check out. It is, is a beast of a box, but it has two armies, the rule books, everything that you need to play. It's a great jumping in point. If you're interested in, in the Tyranids and uh, Space Marines, it's always Space Marines. Um, always Space Marines. Always, always Space Marines in there. But yeah, uh, there's been a lot of positive buzz about the 10th edition, streamlining some stuff, and people uh, tend to like it. So, I mean, it's one of those things where every edition's gotten better. And I do think Henry Cavill will be excited about this because they have shown pictures of him going to the uh, Warhammer offices or games workshop offices where they have the big setup with all the miniatures and everything Mm -hmm. like that and they showed him around he's into painting and everything like that so yes it would be extremely cool to have him on but i if we could pull that off that would be flipping amazing because i didn't know he was into warhammer and so when when i was talking to him i said well does he play board games and i'm like how do you guys know about warhammer all because they follow pictures of him they could care less about it oh okay okay He's very much a big time geek. He's very much a fans fan. Uh, like, you know, supposedly he left the Witcher because he didn't like that they were going in a different direction. What the books went and he wanted to stay true to the source material. Mm. You know, he's like, he's one of those people, you know, I, I want to hear what fans say. I'm here to make entertainment and please the fans. And it's rare to hear somebody say that nowadays. So I'll, he is loved by so many people and people can't figure out why James Gunn's not going to use him and the new DC universe and bring him back as Superman, but they're going with somebody younger, which really ticked off a lot of people. Oh, well, not everybody can be happy. One other thing though, if sci-fi isn't your thing, I know that Tony, you and I used to play a uh, Warhammer underworld, uh, which is the small little miniatures game where you had the, the cards that you uh, put together, yes, you yes, yes. together a deck and you play like over a course of several rounds, they've re-releasing the starter set for that. So if you oh. miss that, Uh, The Warhammer Underworld starter set is back with the same two factions that came in it. So it is is a really, really good... It's more of a card game than it is a miniatures game. Yes, there are miniatures that that you're moving around on the board, but everything is done through really, really clever card play. Game plays in 30 minutes, and they keep releasing these updates with new factions and everything. So if you missed getting into that, once again, I'm all about... Here's a good jumping in point. Warhammer Underworld starter set is a fantastic jumping in point. If you want to get into something that's, number one, very few miniatures, not a lot to paint, very small playing area, and it's mainly uh, through card play. You don't modify your army. You actually modify your deck when you play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't. We enjoyed that. We just never got a chance to get to the table very much. Right, right. You and I had different factions. I mean, you had the... Uh, I had the Skavens. Skavens. I couldn't think of it. Yes, yes. And you had... Uh, you had a Skaven army and you can modify the decks and tweak them and everything like that. So you and I being card players, we were really drawn to that because we love the idea of building a deck, mm-hmm. but the miniature team itself was set. I have to see, I think maybe I so since we weren't getting it, you know, you got mm-hmm. games, you want games to be loved. You need sure. them to be loved. 
and I think I sold off my my original. So oh, okay. just just because you know somebody's got to get some give it some love. If I'm not, right? I mean, you know that, that you know you did that video about um, Star Wars about Watch It Play not doing the rules for it. Oh, Star Wars the, Rebellion, yeah, yeah, Star Wars, and you had the sad song. Mm-hmm. We could do that for like games not getting love on your shelves. <laughs> it's the uh, was it Melissa Etheridge? Yeah, yeah. They did some commercial with her. Um, on I forget what that was. I saw her the other day. What was it? It was this comedy. It was a funny thing, though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah that was yeah, good. Yeah. I can't remember what it was for. Something about they were bears doing the or song something. And stuff, but it was funny. Yeah. Yes. So speaking of being true to your source. Oh my gosh. I got my Thunder Road Vendetta. It was delivered um, and while I was in D.C. a couple weeks ago. And we have yet to put it on the table mm-hmm. because we just have not had time to do it. But yeah. I am very excited. I think we'll get it to the table next week for game night, uh, which will be the week that this episode is released. So I'm looking forward to that. But somebody in our Discord channel pointed out something. Now, they just used the, a name. Not It doesn't... No, I mean, it could be me. It could be another one. But they said... Tony's medium car is on top of the wreck. This is in the rule they book. said you mean this is in the rule book. This is in the rule restoration. Who, who has the rule book said mm-hmm. Tony's medium car is on top of the wreck. The dice are rolled resulting in a bottom plus front left. Whatever that means. Like I said, we haven't played Tony is happy. If they're referencing me, they are not being true to the source. <laughs> so I saw that. Now, number one, I'm used as an example in the book too. You actually used multiple times. I'm only used once, but the name Tony is oh, used multiple times. And it's uh, not just, it's not me. Obviously, Tony is happy. Well, I I agree. And so when I pointed that out, Justin came back and said, "I'm glad you caught that <laughs> because it was done <laughs> on purpose with Tony being happy." Because I said, "Are you sure you're talking about the same Tony?" He said. Oh, I'm glad you glad you saw that. So it's so funny that they specifically spell it out. Tony is happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, no, I'm, I'm very excited. I've got the original out. I've got uh, and then the new one. I can't wait. That is what we will do on game night. We will play the original uh-huh. and then we'll play the new one, which which plays you know, and just that'll give us a compare. Uh, there, there's there's a bunch of compares probably over on BGG. I haven't been on BGG to look yet. That'll be exciting to see how they differ so that we will be able to talk about. Because in the original, unless dice are really being rolled really well, that game's over in like 15 minutes. This one could take up to 90. Exactly. That's where I'm kind of concerned because mm. the beauty of the original is it was wild, it was chaotic, and it was fast, and it resolved. So I hope this doesn't drag. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I hope mm-hmm. I hope that tend, I hope that excitement can be maintained over sixty to ninety minutes. Yeah. Do you remember the first time we played this? Do you remember when that was? Was it at Mega Moose? No, it was actually Ignacy was here and and we went down to Atlanta and saw him and Steve Avery. Oh, that's right. It was in a hotel room or hotel yeah. uh, table, a lobby, the front lobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I fell in love with it, and then someone sent me a copy of it. Yep. And I was like, oh, this is so good. So I can't wait to, to uh, try it. It's a huge box. Big old box. So Not mine. I backed the basic core set. Oh, okay. Well how, well, how deep is it? It's pretty still pretty deep, though, isn't it? No. No. The, oh. basic core, the basic back was just a standard core set. The bigger one included all the expansions and all that. No, I, I just said, so this, this will squirrel over to Kickstarters and feelings about Kickstarters recently or GameFound or whoever you go with. Sure. Crowdsourcing. I've, 
crowdsourcing. <laughs> exactly. It's one of those things where I'm now looking at it and saying, you know what? I don't need all the extras. Mm, Just give okay. me the base. And if yeah. I am going to back something, which by the way, I am shying more and more away from backing stuff on the game founding Kickstarter. And the reason why is there are so many good games out there, but that I think is a good topic for us to discuss maybe on a vidcast. No, I agree because I can't remember the last time I've backed a game, to be honest with you. It's been a while because I've really gotten to the point I can wait. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll throw a dollar towards something so I can join late pledge. So then later on when it's getting ready to come out, I may jump in and, and back it at that point because you had the opportunity if you, you do, if you throw a buck towards something. So mm -hmm. I have done that. But it's rare for me to jump in, you know, before the time is up to, to jump in and back something anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't wait to play it. This is uh, it's exciting. And thank you so much to them for putting our names in the rule book. Because we were on them for many years asking if they would do it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank, thank you so and appreciate the tongue-in-cheek reference. So Marty and I have been talking about game toppers for a while here in the Go check out their products yourself. Go to GameToppersLLC.com. We also mentioned about my daughter who got married and now she's moving into a house. And one of the key things she needs, Marty, is a dining room table. Oh, does she into games? Her husband is because of me and I'm trying to convince them to head over to Game Toppers LLC to look about getting one of their Watson tables so that they can use one of the game toppers dining covers yeah so this is something that was in there his last kickstarter uh this is really cool because a lot of people who have a gaming table want it to have a dual purpose uh so he came out with this uh concept of have there's four mdf interlocking panels uh they have nice beveled edges and everything like that it's it's a powder coat finish uh, basically, you just lay it on top of the existing table and you got like a dining room table kind of ready to go. But then if you're in the middle of playing a game, uh, you could just cover it up, do your business and then remove it later on. I, you should get that for yours. So you have got it. Uh, you can leave it up out uh, outside on your uh, deck. That's your, not going to uh, happen with, with Donna. So I'm just trying to figure out a way that I can get her to get this, my daughter, so that I can say, well, sweetie, this way when we're down there, I can play games with them and this gives me another reason. And I'm like, this would be a perfect housewarming gift. I know oh. what I'm looking at here. I mean, cause they, their old dining room table is mm -hmm. actually a table from his college when they were selling off the library furniture. Oh, you remember oh. those tables? Oh yeah. Yeah. And the uncomfortable chairs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he could order a game topper to get the game topper leg kit, which consists of, you know, the, the uh, four power powder coated steel corner brackets and hardware, the 28 inch legs, and then the center support for the Watson. So basically for the money that they may go into one of the furniture stores, they go here, get them a game topper, have friends over. And you know, they're like, well, do you like playing board games? Yeah. Woo Throw off the table covers <laughs> and there's a game table right there. Have dinner, clear the dishes. Boom, you're playing a game. That is that is what I call quick turnaround. And he's in the military. He would understand that. The logistics of this is amazing. It, and here's the thing is, I think those were two things that uh, the game topper really need. One, the leg kit uh, to basically mm -hmm. turn a game topper into a table if you didn't have a surface to put it on. And the fact that you can cover it with something. So I think those are really two cool accessories. 
And uh, we still have our code that's going to go on for one more month. Uh, this will be the last month. You can get 15% off using RDTN15. That'll give you 15% off all accessories and mats. So if you have either a Watson or Holmes and you put one, want to put one of these Game Topper dining covers on it, well, you can go over there, get 15% off, and turn your game table into a dinner table like your daughter and son-in-law should do. Now, several months ago, when we did our big game awards, the Squirrely Awards, I had mentioned that my game of the year was Undaunted Stalingrad. And people might have been confused because we had not officially reviewed the game. That's because I was actually in the process of playing it, but I knew I loved it enough to make my number one game. However, today, I'm going to finally get around to reviewing this game. It's a little bit special because it's not Tony that I played with. It's actually my dad who has reluctantly decided to sit in here <laughs> and review the game with me because he's like, who's going to be listening to this? I, I got to know what, what is going on. I said, don't worry. Don't worry. I'll, I'll get you through this. So thank you for sitting down and doing this. My dad's name is Cheryl Connell, which is a unique name spelled S-H-E-R-R-I-L-L. Where does it even come from? I don't even know. I was told that my next door neighbor, a man... It was in the Air Force, uh-huh. and some members of my family, especially my grandmother, liked that name. And so somehow I ended up with that name, and I have to spell it a lot when I'm talking. Because I don't think I've ever heard anybody else I name that. I don't know that I've heard the first name, Cheryl. I have heard last name. Well, yeah, sure. yeah, I'm talking <laughs> about the first name. Anyway, anyway, all right, so thank you for sitting down and doing this. So let me just set the stage here for everyone. You would not call yourself like a big time gamer. The only time you ever play games is when on holidays. That's true. I'll be like, okay, anybody want to play a game? It's like, oh, fine. What is this one? How hard is it to learn? How long does it take? How long is it going to be? How attentive do I have to be to learn the rules (laughs) and all of that kind of thing? Yes. Basically, it's the same thing Vanessa says whenever. You'll have to remember in my generation, we played Monopoly. We played checkers. Sure. We played card games. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, bingo. And, you know, that was about the extent of it. So, and, and so I'm not a big... In our house, we grew up playing the, some of the same stuff. Right. I think we threw in stuff like Uno. Yeah, we finally started adding a few things to it. Rook. Trivial Pursuit. Tri- I know it was, I love, a, it was a big I love deal. Trivial Pursuit. Do you remember the game called Chopper Strike that we played? I do. do. It was a board that uh, had tanks on it. Mm-hmm. And then you had like this transparent plastic uh, table that you'd put together with four legs, right. put it over the board, and then the helicopters were on top. I thought that was like the coolest yeah, thing I ever. I did too. There was another one similar, was it? The ships that you had to sink? or we The battleship. About the, the battleship. That was the name of the game, I believe. Mm-hmm. Battleship. Yeah, battleship. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just remember Chopper Strike, and I've actually been trying to get a company to pick up the license of that and re-release it. Oh, really? And make it look, yeah, because yeah, okay. I just think it'd be a cool war, war game. Because I thought you might be interested in this. Uh, well, number one, for two reasons. It's a war game, mm-hmm. but also because you're a pilot mm-hmm. and there's a new version of this game coming out called Battle of Britain, which is based on aerial combat in World War II. Yeah, you were saying something to me about that. Yeah. I actually have that now and it's perfect timing. Oh, really? I okay. just got it. So my goal was to kind of get you used to what a deck building game is. Mm-hmm. And so that when this came out, you were kind of ready to go. Is that what this one was called? A deck building? See, that's our, that's where we are, y'all. See, if I was to tell the audience, it's like, um, here, this is a deck building game. They've played enough games to know, oh, deck building game. That means I start with a set 
deck mm-hmm. and I'm going to add cards to it over time and use those cards. Yeah. See, I've never done that. Sure. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Your first foray into something that's a little, it's called Undaunted, mm-hmm. but it was probably a little daunting for you. It was. In fact, I wonder where it got the name. It's Undaunted. <laughs> we sat down. I, I taught you the rules and it, it, it took you a while to grasp. And you the- kept teaching me the rules. <laughs> and you kept teaching me the rules. <laughs> So, y'all, this is a legacy game that's played over the course of 15 scenarios, about 15 scenarios. It actually could be um, shorter. I know that when we first started, the the first game, the first scenario is kind of like an intro game. Mm -hmm. And we probably played that like three times before you finally felt comfortable enough to move on to scenario two. Only three? I think we started at the end of last year, end of 2022, right before around Christmas. Oh, I was thinking it was a little later than that, wasn't it? I think we maybe played a game in December of 2022. Yeah. yeah. But we've been playing one scenario, about one scenario a week. Mm-hmm. We uh, missed a few, but. Yes. Yeah, which is why it's taken us mm-hmm. many weeks to play. I would come over there on Sunday afternoon. Uh, you'd have everything set up. Uh, Mom would make some tea, maybe have a little, a few snacks. Right. We'd sit down and play. What is uh, Undaunted? If people never played the game, this is a World War II themed game where it emulates kind of like a miniature-style battle game where you have cardboard tokens on a map that's pre-constructed every scenario uh, based on whatever scenario you're doing, and you play cards in order to activate units. You have, like, uh, scouts and machine gunners and riflemen. You have some tanks that you can manipulate. You move them around the board, and there's usually objectives that you're trying to meet in order to win the game. In this special version of Undaunted Stalingrad, this is a campaign-style game, which is kind of unique because as we played the game, your units would change over time, meaning at the very end, if any of your, my units that you took out or any of the units I took out of yours, they would be injured, removed from the game permanently, and replaced with a weaker unit. Right. Which was really kind of thematic. The idea was like, okay, this person was injured, They've been sent home or whatever, and we have a reserve unit coming in. Not as good as this. less experience. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And how they did that was basically the abilities on the card weren't as good. Maybe instead of rolling three dice, you only rolled two dice or something like that. Or some of the abilities were just gone. There would be a penalty in the the new version. So over the course of the game, uh, you would lose people to injury, but you would also get to upgrade people. So people who made it through, you would go through, at the end of the uh, campaign, you would randomly draw cards from your deck. And when you drew one that was upgradable, you got to go to a special deck and put in a special version of it that gave you better abilities of that original card. That's correct. So that was cool. It was. It takes a while to learn the actions uh, or to get them really in your head, the actions that you're given on the card for each particular player. Mm-hmm. And, uh or item on the board, and uh, I could probably play it another whole t- term to get comfortable with it. I printed out you out a sheet, a little yes, cheat you sheet. Did. You did. <laughs> and you always said, you said, all right, before you came over, I read the cheat yeah. sheet again and tried to prep for it. Because there are a lot of little terms, uh, move, attack, control, yeah. recon. And the ones you don't use very often, even mm-hmm. if you, let's say today I learned what that action is, mm-hmm. for example, if I don't use it for the next three or four or five games, like inspire, you know, inspire. It's like what was that one again? Yeah, it's like inspire oh. <laughs> was one that tripped me up every time. By the way, inspire is uh, if you've played a card that turn uh, from a particular squad, and you have like a squad leader that can inspire that unit, they basically get to act again. 
Right. That's kind of what right. that does. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying, trying, it's the thing is that for people listening who may have never played Undaunted, you know, I don't want to teach all the rules and everything, but kind of explain right. what it right. is. But what was so special about this game opposed to the other games is that whole idea of a campaign where the board changed over time, your units changed over time, and That's it was true. kind of like what yeah. they call it. You probably hadn't heard this term. It's a term called like a legacy style game. It was a very popular term that came up with uh, games many years ago. And it's kind of stuck to where it's like, it's a legacy. Whatever happens here carries out through the entire campaign. You lose this unit, they're gone for the rest of the campaign. You blow up this building, that building is gone from the map. And I guess as as it would be in a real war, the objectives change with each battle, uh, obviously, depending on depending on what the outcome was of the last one. You know, the objective uh, is not the same in every scenario that you play. So that's what makes this game so good, because at the end it would say, "Okay, who won the game? And based on who won, it would branch to a different storyline. So if the Germans won, by the way, the whole theme of this is the Germans are going into Stalingrad and trying to take over Stalingrad from the Russians. Uh, So you played as the Russians, I played as the Germans. So at the end of the scenario, if if Russia won, I'd write that on my sheet and it would say, okay, because Russia won, you're going to go to this next uh, briefing over here in your book. You're going to read this briefing and you're going to do this particular map. But if I had a won, it would have been something totally different. So it was a branching storyline. Now, one thing the designer, David Thompson and Trevor Benjamin, tried to do is they tried to balance it. And actually, you and I saw this. We were back and forth, Russians, Germans, Russians, Germans, renting, because they would try to balance it. It was like, well, if Germans win too much, let's let's throw it the Russians Mm. in with some tanks or give them something. We went through, what, a half a dozen games where I would win one, you'd win the next one, I would win the next one. And it it went like that for several games. I think the first time somebody had a back-to-back win was a game around game nine and ten. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think you won two in a row, like nine and ten. Yes, I won two in a row at that time. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not going to brag too much about it because we're not going to mention what happened in the last two or three games. (laughs) But I think they did a great job. It's like, oh, okay, well, you really got kind of beat up last time. Uh-oh. So here, we're going to, no, 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 or you or me. And it's like, we're going to unlock this unit to maybe help you out. Or what happened to you was there was like a merging of two different uh, troops, A and C, two different squads mm-hmm. merging together. So a lot of your injured guys were replaced with non-injured guys, and you kind of got a little boost where I didn't get a chance to do that. Right, right. Of course, you kept forgetting yeah, the A and C was the yeah, same thing. You kept thing. whining about that. Wait. <laughs> 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 brutal. Games. You're brutal. Uh, but I got a chance to whine a little bit, too. Uh, I will have to admit, though, I will have to give you plenty of credit uh-huh. that I had to have a little help Probably with every game. I'd have oh, to, well, I'd have, to, I'd have to say now, I can remember what I can do with with this action. You'd have to remind me. Well, that's that's yeah, that's standard but, for any game. Because there would be times, remember, I would look, it's like, oh my gosh, I hadn't played this particular tank in a while. It has this ability. Or lots of times the upgrade cards will have abilities we've yeah, never seen before. upgrade cards, yeah. Um, I will say it took it. I kept having to find a where in the rule book to find this stuff. I had actually told David before. I wish that they would come out with a one page mm-hmm, sheet mm-hmm. that both of us could have that both players would have. I wish Osprey in the future would say, "Okay, here's a little cheat sheet for each of you, so you haven't got to flip through the rule book that has all the actions listed, so it's a quick lookup chart." Right. I, that I would that would be kind of nice to have. So anyway, the branching storylines was so cool because by the end, I don't think I showed you, I actually have the book here. At the end, based on who won, 
you would go back to this chart and you would write down uh, who won and it would point you to the uh, next path that you would take. Well, some of these would have like seven branches coming into this one scenario. So it would be like, oh, okay, well, you just finished this particular scenario. Uh, let's say just, I'm randomly picking one, 143. Depending on who won, Soviet or German, you it says, well, which scenario did you just come from? It could be through of either of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different ones. So there were seven paths to get to 143. Then coming out of that, there were multiple paths coming, going back out to other things. I just, I can't imagine what those guys had to go through no, to come I, up. I can't imagine what you had to go through to just, <laughs> I left that part of it up to you. And then, you know, you waited through it pretty good. I thought. <laughs> I, I will say that of all the undaunted games, there is a lot of uh, bookkeeping that has to be done with this one because yeah. at the end of every game, we just couldn't put it away. Yeah, right. That's, that's pretty complex in itself. It, it was, you had to go yeah. through your casualty phase. All right. Let's we, yeah. any casualties that were lost, we have to replace those. Okay. Now we got to go through the upgrade phase. Okay. Any upgrades that were done, we got to mark right. those, any tiles that were replaced. Now I will say that the original um, insert for uh, this game was really nice. Have you uh, ways to section everything off. I'm going to mention something towards the end of this about a insert that I got from a company called Folded Space, which was licensed uh, by Osprey to make their own insert. And you and I played it with the last couple games and it made setup and managing a, a, mm -hmm. a lot more of a breeze. Mm -hmm. So anyway, well, there's a lot more bookkeeping in this series of games, Undaunted Games, than there is in previous. So if you're going to play this, be ready for that. There's a lot of time setting up. There's a lot of cleanup at the end, mm -hmm. but the stuff in the middle is just just really sweet. So what I was going to say was, if we were to play again, and you were to play as Russians and I was to play as a German, we would experience scenarios we didn't even see because we'd have different outcomes probably. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So it makes it you could replay the game over yeah, and over again. It makes it even more challenging. <laughs> <laughs> That's it was true. as if it wasn't challenging enough. But what's cool is, is now that you've been introduced to this and you understand, okay, I understand what deck building is. You understood at the very beginning, all right, I got my baseline starting deck. I know that's this, 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 yeah, this, yeah. and these two fog awards that you kept complaining about. Yeah, having to yeah. go in your <laughs> if I had to make one suggestion, I would definitely... <laughs> I would definitely have a way of eliminating the fog of wars. You can with the scouts, with the recon action. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking. About. <laughs> they need to, they need to be upgraded to maybe a foggy mist or something like. That. <laughs> where, <laughs> where you didn't get quite a hit on them. I mean, I ended up sometimes with four cards in my hands that I was supposed to have, and three of them would be Fog of War. So I mean, yeah. you know. And you cannot play a Fog of War. Oh, you, you, just for initiative. Initiative of well, one. Yes, yes. Of one. If you want to give the initiative away, you can. <laughs> okay, that was really interesting. I know this is in every Undaunted game, but I loved seeing the look on your face when you would go, before we, we, we had to bid on initiative, you're like, this is too hard. Because you're like faced with... I really want to go first, yeah, yeah. but the high-valued initiative card is the card I need to keep in my hand to play. Exactly. Because if it's used for initiative, that, you don't that, get to play it. That decision gets to be pretty tough, especially when you know that you probably can win the game with this next play or the next two plays, and uh, you, have to, you have to lose the initiative at that point. And I will say, it was rare for any scenario for either one of us to run away with it. It was, it was. always it was. tight. Mm -hmm. I mean... I can't think of one to where 
okay, you're obviously going to win or I'm obviously going to win. There was times to where it's like, if we'd had one more turn, I would have won or vice versa. I think that gives value to how the game was, was designed because you being a professional as you are in this type of gaming and me being nothing but a oh, total did, did novice. Did you hear that? Call me a professional, y'all. You can play that back if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play that over and over again. But, uh, I mean, like I say, I came out of Monopoly and Bingo and those kind of things. Yeah, very little uh, strategy involved. Well, Monopoly could get in some of it, but, you know, but very little strategy. And, and, and yet I was able to stay pretty close to you. And I just want to say because of the way that the game is designed. So yeah, a, a side note: nobody come on here and start commenting about the fact that Monopoly takes strategy. That's a whole separate conversation. Yeah, All right. Yeah, well, anyway, <laughs> no, that's that's it is brilliantly how the design. Let's use English this time. That was definitely a testament to how well this game was designed because they kept it close. And if one won, you right. might give the edge to the other team. Exactly. Good. I can't, y'all. I seriously can't count the number of games to where. Because of who went first, they won. It was the roll of the dice or the or draw of the card. Yes. Or, or, or the winning of the initiative. It's yeah. like, oh, oh, yeah, that's true. Of who won the, the game. I think the last game, had I got the initiative, I could have won. You did. And then when you showed me your cards at the end, you could have taken initiative, <laughs> but you didn't play that card. I felt bad for you. Oh, you, oh God. <laughs> you were whining so bad. <laughs> y'all hear this what abuse <laughs> my gosh oh all right so and i'm uh, going i'm glad you realized that <laughs> oh my gosh uh y'all see where i got it from right um <laughs> so uh, yeah undaunted stalingrad uh this been an incredible experience playing with you this has been an oh, a great memory for me to experience well, this with you i was going to mention that too i didn't know where you'd edit it out at the end of it or not but i would <laughs> <laughs> Part of me looking forward to our game on Sundays was us playing together. Yes. You know, us doing something together yep. and, and that kind of thing. I know we tried to build a model airplane uh, one time, a remote controlled, and I was going to do it with my, with Marty, with you. And uh, and I was one of these, well, you can't do it this way. You got to do it this way. And I basically took it over and I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I was pretty young at the time. Well, you were, you were, and I was, I was wanting to get out there and get it flying. Okay, you know? you, you want to tell that little story? All right, so y'all, for months <laughs> yeah. we put together then this I remote up control. Wrong door. Yeah, we we put together this remote control airplane that we've never had before. We've never flown a remote no, control airplane. I, I, Dad has a, a, a private I, pilot's license. Yes, He's like, I, I know how to fly. I, a I plane. figured if I could fly the real ones, hey, the remote control would be a piece of cake. Yeah, so it's like, oh, let's just go out to the airfield. Airfield. It was a back of a school it was right. at a schoolyard and you're like i'm just gonna taxi around and then you're like let's just see what happens if we take it off the ground and <laughs> on, on a windy day on a, on a windy day and you what you finish and tell them what happens well i did get it off the ground mm -hmm. and i got it from one end of the field to the other end mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately though the wind was blowing and the, there were trees at the other end the wind was blowing toward the trees and as I was trying to understand pulling a plane towards you and having to reverse the controls, sure. as you saw the plane coming to you, somehow, somehow. <laughs> it got away from me mm -hmm. and the wind slapped it into the trees. So, And, and what happened? We never did fly it again. <laughs> 
<laughs> it did considerable damage. I would say total. <laughs> we'll fix the plane. We, and so come to find out, oh, there are trainer planes that might be <laughs> yes, better for yes. learning how to. And now there's electric, so you don't even have to worry about it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. That's yeah. that's a whole other thing yeah, to get into. Um, Plus, I had the biggest engine I could put on it. Oh, my gosh, y'all. He did. It's a like, 60 Enya engine on him. It's go big or go home is what, right. you're, what you were thinking. Jeez. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, it has been a, a, a great to sit here and play through this with you. And what's exciting is now in my car, I've got Battle of Britain that uh, you and I can start playing. Oh, okay. It's not, it's not the legacy game. So when we're done, we just put it away. There's no casualties or anything like that. So it's going to be a lot quicker moving game. Oh, okay. But what I think you're going to like about it is that, uh, number one, thematically, I think David and Trevor have done a good job. So you know when you activate a unit uh, in Undaunted Stalingrad, one of the options is to move. It's like, okay, I'm going to move this turn. When you play an aircraft card, the first thing you have to do, you have to move. We're not playing with helicopters. If you activate an airplane, it must move. Mm-hmm. And then you get to take possibly another action, maybe attack or maneuver, because when you move, you have to move in the direction the plane is going. Kind of makes sense, right? You didn't have that with this one. You could send a tank anywhere you wanted no, to, true. right? Here, you must move in the direction the plane is going. And you have to, to change its course. You can only turn it like 60 degrees, to alter its course that could be a problem so <laughs> so tactically i've only played this game once you're gonna have a ball with this because it's all about trying to get on the six of another plane so that you have a good shot at mm-hmm. them because if you're on their tail you get to roll more attack dice than you do if you're coming that. right toward them I can see so that. they've done a really good job of mimicking dog fights mm-hmm so that's gonna be fun. Yeah, it will be it will be fun and one and somebody places uh the brits and somebody places the germans and so you have the classic World War II right. uh, planes out Spit there. Spitfires against some Mr. Schmitz. You got it. That's 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 actually it. Yeah. The, uh, there's anti-air that somebody may have that can shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are uh, aircraft carriers that are actually going to oh, be okay. in the water. So it's it's uh, going to be uh, really cool. Undaunted Stalingrad. You had a good time, I assume. Oh yes, yes. It was it was very. Was I, it? I've always been up for some challenges during my work career and hobbies and things like that. So I'm you know I sort of go for challenges, but it was it was a very challenging game to some extent. So by the end, you weren't too daunted by it. Well, <laughs> it got better. <laughs> well, you were a trooper. You're a trooper. I will oh, say, you, you do like to take a lot of time um, thinking out your turn. Yeah, I think, uh, see, that's my strategy. Mm-hmm. I psyched you out. See, I was, I could have really done it a lot quicker than that, <laughs> but but I thought if I got you good and frustrated. <laughs> you know, there's a term for that. Have I told you what the term is? No. When somebody just can't decide what they want to do, it's called analysis paralysis. Oh. It's like they're just sitting there constantly analyzing, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I'm sitting there staring at him. It's like, and then it's his turn on the go. Well, I got three fog awards. It's like, oh my gosh, it took you five minutes. And you only got one card only got in your hand. One card to play. Well, you know, that's that's the way it is. But see, I had to with each each strategy. I had to locate. I had to relocate my. Uh, I mean, at each turn, I had to relocate your where all my people were. Yeah, where all my tanks was and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And then I had to remember what all the commands was. So that takes some time, you sure. know. <laughs> sure. So. Well, you did. You did a great job. The fact it was that close. I think in the end we finished today. Yes. Uh, my gosh, that final battle's a beast. Yes. I, they do a great job. It's like, all right, y'all. The final battle 
everybody's involved. It's a huge map. Go to it town. Was, it was different. In, and it uh, ended up being a German minor victory is, is what true. it was. It that's was just a, a minor uh, victory I, I believe, overall. I believe we were one point apart. We were. And I flipped a two-point objective my way, and yes. you, you lost it. But that's I lost what, the point. Yes. That was what uh, got the game. That was really good, too. Uh, some of these other games from Undaunted, it was just about – controlling certain tiles that had victory points on them. And if you got X amount of points, you'd win. Some of the scenarios had that, but some of them were a little more clever. I really liked the ones, I don't want to spoil too much. It was almost like you got to get from one end of the map to the other. And the other team's trying to stop you from doing that. Yes. So there were some really cool ones. It wasn't just about controlling stuff. Right. It was about just trying to survive yes, through a, that's a journey. That's true. Which was really cool. But like I say, every objective was different for each each battle, each scenario, and uh, that made it interesting too. Yeah. Know? Sometimes yeah. you thought, well, this is going to be a piece of cake. I'll win this in a, in a heartbeat. But then you find out as you start playing the game, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of where you think you've got the advantage, there's a lot of disadvantages in other ways, mm-hmm. especially depending on whether you won or lost the last battle. So. I will say, for anybody that's thinking about uh, doing this, it was my game of the year last year. It's one of the best legacy campaign games I've ever played. It does take time. If you're going to get it, commit to playing all 15 scenarios to finish the game. They'll take 60 to 90 minutes per. Uh, Once you're set up. I was thinking about an hour and a half average. Yeah, uh, for us. But then you've got the stuff at the end to clean up. Give yourself two hours. Yes. To get set up and yeah. put everything back away. So let me talk about real quick the folded space insert that we just got. So those were the little um, foam inserts mm-hmm. that were put together. That was better. They were light. Uh, you had your own tray of tokens. I had mm-hmm. my own tray of tokens. They had a really nice collection to hold all the, the cards. Mm-hmm. They were sorted by your deck, your lock deck, your reserve deck, and all that stuff. All right. Because the original uh, tray, the tokens would slide, and there wasn't enough com- Compartments, compartments for, all. for all of them. That's and here you can sort them yeah, all that, by that type. That was definitely an improvement. I mean, it, it just kept things a lot more orderly and neat and having your own little package there. To yeah. Get. So the folded space insert, y'all, highly recommended. If you get the game, go ahead and order this. It will make setup and take down a breeze. Really good job. It does support sleeved cards. There's enough room for all that, too. Did sleeve. The, now, I will say my, my dad, y'all, oh, he's rough on some cards. <laughs> Oh my gosh. He likes to flick the corners of cards, y'all. I- <laughs> yeah, he got on me about 10 years ago about that, playing something. And then I, I began to try to back off a little bit, but he uh, he does watch me pretty closely now. He, he likes warps cards. <laughs> it's like you and then you're trying to shuffle through them and you're like, I said, like, what are you doing? Just, mm. just move the card. <laughs> You're rough. You're rough. All right. So that is Undaunted uh, Stalingrad. Had a ball. If you like the Undaunted series and would want a legacy style, I highly recommend this. Thank you for coming to do this. This wasn't too bad. I think no, you did a really good job. No. You were fretting about this for weeks. Well, you can always edit it, you know. Oh, no, I, there's hardly anything I'll have to edit at all. So you did a great job. So sounds like you'll be ready uh, to do a review with me for a Battle of Britain in the future, well, maybe. maybe. You just, you know, you just never know. Well, okay. Well, I got an idea. Next Sunday, your house, first scenario of Battle of Britain. How's that sound? Well, we can make that work. All right, perfect. Let's get all to right. it. Five-minute initiative begins in three, two, one. Motor City, game designed by Adam Hill, Ben Pitchback, and Matt Riddle from 25th Century. And Motor City Gameworks is a new dice game, a new roll-and-write game that was kickstarted 
I, of course, it was a pinchback riddle. I jumped all over it. I had three sisters. I was going to complete out. I got fleet the dice you game, got Marty. One sister. I do. I only have one sister. That's true. But I have the um, rolling right. But you had three, the rolling right three sisters. Gotcha. Three got sisters. It. Yes. Yeah. That which was all about plants. This is about cars. This uh-huh. is about manufacturing cars. Uh-huh. It's a rolling right. So I'm going to make, keep it real simple. There's three phases. There's the planning phase, which is basically rolling dice and placing them on the blueprint board. Then there's the industry phase, which allows you to go collect the bonus under the dice when you draft a dice, where you then will mark that on your sheet. Once you do that, you take the action of the die if you want. You don't have to because you can then upgrade somewhere on your sheet. There are upgrade capabilities that allow you to mark off more spots. Or you can fill in the research area, which gives you an additional action if you've marked four of those off. And then you go to the audit phase, which is nothing more than seeing where you are on a score track. And you roll a red dice that blocks you being able to take an additional action later in the next round because they go on a coffee break. During the industry phase, you pick up the die. You take the bonus action on the board. You do the action on the die. You then take that die and place it on your score sheet and do the action where you place the die. They don't have to match. Look for the combos. Score the most victory points. That's this rolling right. That is. So what makes this stand out from other ones? I do like the drafting. I like how they're laid out on the board. There's three different color dice that helps you place them on this board. So Part of the strategy is, ooh, if I pick this one up, I can get that bonus action underneath it, which I'm going to do. Uh, obviously, taking the action of the die, you'd have to learn what all the different actions do. But I like this other thing where you get to place it uh, on any of the spots that aren't covered by the person taking a coffee break and take that additional action. Uh, so if a man, if it's like, I really want to take the the racing action to move my car around the track, but there's none available, you could take any die and actually do that on your turn, assuming it's not blocked. I also like the idea of the selling action where you can earn cash and then sell cash in order to make future actions of a certain action stronger, being mm-hmm. able to do it more often, like being able to push your car further along the track than what you normally could before you upgrade it. So those are the things that I kind of like, but like you said, everything else then at that point is most of these tracks allow you once you get to a certain point, trigger something else, which might give you a bonus over here, over there. So those were the kind of things that stood out to me that, that made it different. Now, there is another item on here that I know when we were playing it, you were like, I- I'm really not a fan of how this kind of works because we're not used to this. And these are called the hubs. There's the engineering hubs and the production hubs. When you mark those off, you don't necessarily get that action in the hub, like scoring additional points at the end of the game or maybe increasing your speedometer, which is how you score victory points after each round you actually have to collect items on your sheet to mark off in the hub. And once you've collected all that, then you may activate the hub, but you have to get to the hub first, collect the items to activate the hub. That takes a lot of planning. That's where this roll and write takes a lot of planning and strategy and see where you want to go based on the dice that you're drafting. So I ask you as a person who backs everything from Pinchback and Riddle, how does this fare against the other roll and writes they've done? In, in the McCree household with Don and I, um, Motor City will be number one. Wow. Already mm-hmm. shot to number one. Number cool. one, Fleet, and then Three Sisters. Those are the, the ones. Now, it's no stellar. Well, that's not a roll and write. I'm just talking about just the roll and write games from them. 
Yeah, I, th- I think what I like most about this one is the at the end of each round where you're doing the speedometer scoring area. I like that. That puts a little tension in the game. You need to, you can't let someone else outrace you on that or you will not win. I think that's important. I think one of the things that got to me, and this is probably an issue with a lot of rolling rights, is I know you got to save paper and I know you got to save space, but some of the spots, you you know, you're supposed to like circle when you get cash and then mark it when you've spent it. Like sometimes when I would circle the cash, I couldn't tell if I'd really circled it or not because <laughs> it's like a dashed outline of a circle. And it's like, well, did I really start? So I was having a problem with some of my spots and marking and I had to be really careful to really intentionally mark something to see it or, or I for, would forget. So I know it's old eyes. I wish they were just a tad bigger, but it's nature of the beast. I agree with you. We, we had a same similar complaint about Orleans with the iconography on it needed to be a little larger. But you're right. I thought about that after you said it. I was like, all right, so we could fill in the sales mark and then put a big X through the sales circle. Yes. Yeah. We should have done that. Mm-hmm. We asked exactly what I should have done was just fill it in, then exit out when it's used. That would have been a lot. Yeah. Yep, yep. 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 So problem solved. Not an issue. Do it that way. We'll do it that way. Test track determining should we go clockwise or counterclockwise. Depends on which, if you're NASCAR, if, if, which way or, you need uh, to go. But I, it, sort of, I don't know what, to, what does, what does uh, the formulas do? I guess that's, are those road, what do they do in? They're, they're, they're um, counterclockwise. Tracks. They're counterclockwise. Okay. Yeah. But for, on this game, you got to go clockwise because some of the big rewards are at the end of the track. Oh, I wish you told me that before I went counterclockwise. No wonder I did so well. I'm kidding. I, I went the right way. No, you didn't win. I know that. It was a big disguise. I didn't win. So. I know, I know. so uh, and as far as, you know, if you're locked out of a certain one, you can always do the research action, which can lead to an additional action. So you have the big combos going on as, as well during this game. So, yes, Motor City for me, um, if we're going to pull, play a rolling right like this, we're going to pull this one out before we pull out um, – Three Sisters or Fleet. Not saying any of those are bad. It's just which ones we like. And I can't wait to see what their next one's going to be. French Quarter. I'm very interested in that because I love the theme of the New Orleans. So yeah, very nice. And I also want to do a quick shout out to the graphic design on the cover by Mr. Kirkman, friend of us, friend of us, friend of ours. He made it look like a model box. Love that Mm -hmm. design. That was awesome. He did it. um, That was done on purpose. We found out. So very cool. Once again, that's Motor City from Hill, Pinchback and Riddle from 25th Century and Motor City Gameworks. Five-minute initiative is complete. So now comes the topic that Marty pitched to me that we're we're going to be discussing. If we had to start our board game collection from scratch, what are the first five that you would buy now? Now, based on the fact that in this episode, there are multiple people that have been doing reviews with Marty, I thought about, you know, I could just read my five and step out. <laughs> and then Marty could edit in his in between and talk about why his are on there. Hey, I could save a lot of time here, cut off the mic, and, and we're good here since, we, since he's obviously subbing in for me. Oh and I appreciate gosh. that. Look, I, we had to make some sort of content. We could have left the show at 30 minutes. That's fair. I know. So I, I'm, so since you did this, why don't mm-hmm. you kick us off with your criteria for why these games would be... How did you come up with your five? What are your What's your criteria? All right. So the idea was what happens if basically we gave away our entire collection. It's like, we're tired of board games. That's it. Over. Never going to play again. 
donate, sold, they're all gone. And then the next week, you're crap. I wish I had not have done that. So now I want to go back and buy one of the first five I would. My criteria was I tried to pick games to fill niches or wants and desires in different genres or different settings. For anything I could think of, I was trying to pick a game that would fit if I wanted to play this with this person. Sort of okay. That ha- maybe has some longevity, some replayability, et cetera. So that was my criteria. All right. And on my side, similar to yours, but I also was looking at where I am in my life, the stages of my life, you know, where other than us gaming weekly, Donna is the person who I'm playing with. So I also added her in the mix. In matter of fact, I quizzed her on my list as well and said, of these, which one would you let me, um, which one would you want me to buy? Wow. Okay. And I know, I understand Vanessa doesn't play a lot, but you know, that is something that Donna does enjoy the fast playing games. But then I also look at, okay, but if I want to have the boys over, then what would I have on the table? Or I then said, well, Marty will have those. What if people who've never board game come over? Cause I am older and, and I need to think about that. Prevagen. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So with that, are we going to do typical five to one or are we going, or did you rank them like that? Or I did, did not you, rank them at all. I didn't. You, no rank them? Nope. All right, I mean, well, they, they're not in any particular order of which I would buy first. It's just five. Yes. And yep. did you get my note about you? I added one to you. Uh, Like a runner up? Not a runner up. One that didn't make the list that you are surprised. That didn't make get, the yeah, list. but I guess I would consider that a runner up. One that uh, got pushed out, but I which thought would have been on there. Okay. Yeah, I got, right. one. Right. I got one. I got one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So tell me one. Which All right. One? All right. So I'm going to start out with very obvious ones. Uh, the first one is because I get, have gotten so many hours out of this game over the past four, five, six, seven years. I go back and buy the base set of the Harkamar card game again okay. because I can play it by myself. I can play it with multiple people. It has a lot of replayability. I love the theme. It's not very expensive. It gives me my card game. It gives me some deck building. And I would just kind of start in again from there. But I got to have that base set to start out. 100%, that would be uh, on the list that I would go out and buy to fill my need for a cooperative card game. Okay. Plus, it's solo capable. It is. Yes. So you could always do that in case, you know, you, you suddenly retire and your buddy at work is no longer playing. You now have a, a see. See, I'm thinking about future here. I so. totally, I totally get that. Yes. For me, it, uh, one of the games that I would go out and get again would be Ticket to Ride plus the Switzerland expansion, because one, the family loves it. Everybody knows how to play it, and it is one that um, the two-player map is incredible. And I just think it's one that always needs to be on the shelf because. As Rebecca begins her life, who knows where her family goes? And I know in a couple of years, I can give that off that game off to her or something that I will be able to play in my years of dementia as far as with her, her kids someday. That's a good call. I, uh, so where I drop the ball is, is on having an accessible game for people who don't play a lot of card games or board games. So I've, I've, that's going to be a hole in my list. Okay. Because my second one, this is where Vanessa comes into play because she and I have many memories and many hours of love of Arkham Horror, the board game. Yes, two Arkham Horror games. But this is one that's a longer game that she will sit down and play, and she really enjoys. And she knows it's a long game, but we know that we can sit down, start playing it, stop, come back to it, etc. So a lot of great memories with that one, and being able to sit and play with her is always a fun experience. So Arkham Horror, the board game. Yeah, you do have that theme of Arkham Horror, don't you? But that's it. 
but that's it. Yeah, I'm done with it. There, that I got those two out of the way because I've talked about those a lot on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So those are gone. But that does fill my, I love card games. So I had to get a card game. And then it's co-op, which is cool. And then something with Vanessa that I know she really enjoys. All right. So I will follow up something that I know Donna really enjoys and gives us our two player. And that, of course, is Carcassonne. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. So she classics. So Ticket to Ride, Carcassonne's in there. Nice. The classics are the best. I, I mean, I, everything that keeps coming out, I'm sorry. You look at some of them and you think, okay, well, what's another good tile lane game? Well, there's a lot of them out there. But if I show her all the tile lane games, she goes, well, I want to play Carcassonne. Mm-hmm. And someday I'll use it in expansion. But right now, just the base Carcassonne, she's very happy with. And um, it's a game that we get to the table on a Friday afternoon after work. And we play it uh, almost uh, every week now. So, wow. And I, and I still suck. I still suck at it. I'm not good. But that's okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. But you, yes. That's okay. You are fine with that. I, I am okay with that. And I will never stop saying that. I don't care what you say. I'm <laughs> good with that. Um, okay. So when it does come to uh, having other people around, I figured I needed a party style game that could mm. support a lot of people. For the holidays. And dude, there have been so many good party games. Amazing. I mean, this is where I'm looking at all these things like Just One that I really, really like. And uh, we've been playing a lot of So Clover. And I'm like, which one will I pick? Like you, I kind of went back to a classic. A game that will support a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's kind of co-op-y, but also a little competitive. Very easy to learn. A lot of replayability. That's code names, Of course. Again, a class I probably hadn't played in a while, but it's one of those things that if it was the only thing on my shelf and it was the holidays, I had friends over, family, easily pulled out, get it on the table and play it. And people still love it. I still love it. I love uh, you when you and I go on to Tim's uh, Twitch channel and mm-hmm. and do the uh, code names night, which is still a lot of fun too. So it works well with just, you know, uh, four people with uh, two on each team. Up to shoot eight, nine people if you well, ten people if you want an even number. But yeah, it's it scales very well. So I'm gonna follow you up. So I too also put a party game on there, but the one the one that you didn't put on there, just one. Nice. So this is where we can share. <laughs> and I picked just one because I find that in code names, well, like you said, it is truly a great game that I find it to be more AP. Okay. Um, analysis paralysis with some people, especially someone in my house at times. And they will come up with a word and then they say one and things like that. And sometimes it loses. And some people don't engage. Where just one, everybody is always engaging. So that is why the uh, Blob Party game, I think I sold three copies at the wedding. Mm, wow. And it's not it's not even I was telling people about it at the wedding the whole freaking time. And I haven't even played it yet. And I, they said, Well, what game are you excited about? And I said, Well, Marty was telling me about this, and it sounds incredible. I'm ready to just go get Play-Doh and make up my own cards. <laughs> it is it is it is a solid game. All right. So we'll we have two left, right? For each. Mm-hmm, two left. Okay. So now the last two are more for the guys getting together. This was the hard one because mm. geez, we have so many good Euro games and stuff. So I'm trying to think what is something that could give me a lot of replayability with a mechanic that I really enjoy. One mechanic I love, well, number one, I love card games. That's been set. I love engine building. Mm-hmm. 
And I love games with replayability where every time I play, maybe I can play with different factions or something like that to give a different feel. Which is why I picked Imperial Settlers Mm. as a game to put on my list. Because one, I know it's a game that you enjoy, our friends enjoy. Uh, It does have that really good deck building mechanic. But you can play with a different faction every time and it'll feel a little bit different. I was torn between actually this and 51st State. Yes. I love the win condition in 51st State of a race to, you know, a point value. I think that tension is great, but I picked Imperial because of the different factions and how unique they are. I, I can see that and I can see where the, the dilemma is, especially, I mean, Imperial factions is Imperial so faction. strong. Imperial, Imperial factions. Sorry. Yes. Imperial settlers. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's just so solid when it comes to the different factions. And if you get good at them, you know, one stand out. Definitely. I almost went with Empires of the North, uh, which is mm. very similar, which is mm-hmm. also very good. But I said, you know, I'll just stay with the classic and go from there. Classic for me that plays with a lot of people, fast playing, and that easy to explain, and that I will always love, Seven Wonders. Oh, that's Sorry. a good one. Your list is better than mine. No, it's not. That, that is good. No, I, I, you know, here's the thing. I went downstairs and looked. And all my collection and seven wonders didn't even stick out. That's a good choice. That's a good mm-hmm. choice. And, and I'll admit the rebirth of it recently with, you know, um, playing it with the new expansion and then with them re-releasing it and then getting it on the table. Some people were just like, I'd really enjoyed playing that and just having to be able to sit down there. It's very quick for me to explain some of the challenges, uh, just something about seven wonders and it plays up to seven, you know? Right. So that, that, that one is my fourth one. On my list, and it, I, I was looking at some of the Imperial Settlers, Empires of the North, um, you know, those games is well, Nirishima. I was like, well, but I need something that supports a lot of people, right? More than four, right? And that's why I went with that. Nirishima, I eyed a lot because it's still an amazing two player game, but it's not one that Vanessa will play, so mm-hmm. only work with like you or somebody else. So that's why I didn't make the list. So for my last one, again, I I realized, I looked around, it's like, wow, I don't have that classic Euro. I don't have the resource management game. And I wanted something like that in the list. And this is where I was really struggling because I was looking through so many things that I really like and enjoy. I probably narrowed it down to this one because of nostalgia and nostalgia only. And I know there's probably games that are, you know, mechanically people like better now because it's, it's so old, but Puerto Rico will mm-hmm. always have a soft spot in my heart because it is one of the first really thinky Euro games that we played. And it gives me a lot of there. There's a little bit of tile laying. There's definitely resource management. Downtime is very low. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a little bit of tableau building and stuff like that with, with the, where you place your buildings and everything. So I'm happy with the Puerto Rico choice. Because I think it's one of those things, I'm, I'm thinking who I play with, you and, and the other guys and stuff. I'm like, I know that they would like it. And would it get old after a while? I'm not sure. But a lot of it has to do with nostalgia only. So I want to refill that Euro gap with the thing that started out the whole Euro thing for me, which is Puerto Rico. Mm, yeah, no, completely agree with you there. Because that I was sitting there debating with my number, not number one, but the last one on my list, which you know what it is. I need a worker placement game, a real simple worker placement game. And that of course is going to be pillars of the earth. Mm. It, it, it's, it's easy to teach. It's always, the game is always tight. 
It's very simple for me to explain how the worker worker placement mechanic is. And it's just one of my favorite games to play. It's just so good every time I play it. And even though I've played it so much, I don't feel like I will always completely destroy someone who hasn't, you know, Mm -hmm. when I, you know, where you have that feeling. Some people say that about terraforming Mars and the people that know the cards really play well here. I don't think that is because there is enough randomness that it cannot make you have to do the same strategy every freaking game. Mm -hmm. So that, yep. So my, my last one on my list is pillars of the earth. Well, between our 10, that's a pretty good collection of games. That is, it hits all the niches. Yeah. You know what? My, I didn't have a worker placement and I was staring actually downstairs at Lords of Waterdeep for Mm. quite a while. I thought that maybe that would be there. Yeah. Because I have taught my family that game and they picked up on it pretty quick. So for a game for non-gamers, they actually could get into it, but I I pushed it out for it because I wanted something. I didn't have anything really meaty Euro wise. So I wanted Puerto Rico, which takes me to when you said, all right, what's the game? I'm surprised it's not on the list. Knee-jerk reaction, if you'd asked me, I would have for sure put Terra Mystica on here. Mm-hmm. After really processing everything and realizing, man, that it takes a while to set up. It takes a while to play. You have to reteach the game sometimes when you sit down and play it. I left it off. But that's one that I would have thought, you know, if you just would have said, spit out five games as fast as you can, Terra Mystica probably would have been in there. But after some processing, I actually eliminated it. Okay. And mine is Pandemic. Mm, okay. And I, and I was like, the reason why it's not on the list is I don't know after doing it, I want to play it. <laughs> and, and that's where we are with this game. I mean, it's a fabulous game. It's amazing. I have probably played that game more than any other game and I have all the expansions and it will never leave my collection unless I sell off my collection, of course. But it is one that I think it'll take it a while. We, we need to wait. We're not ready to rip the Band-Aid off yet. We're, we're ready to just let it um, sit on the shelf. And maybe later when, when, our, when memories have passed, it'll come back out. Or I'll grab one of the legacies and do that. And also, it doesn't help that, we don't, that our neighbors next to us don't really do board games. Hmm. And so that was one that was easy to get people involved in. And we just don't have that anymore. I'm surprised that Robinson Crusoe was on your list. It's a co-op tough game. That is a, our game. That is a game that you and I would play, but, you know, because it's not one, like I said, I put into it as I fought forward, what games with Donna, you know, mm-hmm. games that she was willing to play. And we all know how she feels about Robinson. Yeah. Go back and listen. It's a lot. That's the way a lot of people feel about Robinson. The game's just brutal. It's just brutal. It's I brutal. love the game. I love, if, if she loved the game, yes, it would have been on there, but unfortunately she just, it just, it's hard. Yep. And not all games can be easy. So here's the thing. Y'all come out to our Discord channel. What are five games that if you had to start from scratch, what would your five games uh, that you would pick to to repurchase to start your collection uh, again? Uh, let us know. It'd be These kinds of things are a lot of fun to talk about. If I was to score my list and Tony's list, Tony, I'd actually give you a higher grade uh, than me. I really do. What? I think... No, no, I'm serious. I think if people would say... Whose five games would you rather have in your collection? Yours hits a greater swath of people than what mine does. And so I think you're, I mean, I mean, Carcassonne, Ticket to Ride. Seven Wonders. I think Pillars is the one that may be an outlier Mm because a lot of people might not have played it. 
But you got the really the really popular ones in there. Seven Wonders, yeah. I mean, those three right there are just really classic games. Or smash them up. Smash up our our five and say, this is the list y'all should have come up with. Y'all are complete idiots. Yeah. Oh, oh well, she settled down already. Oh, now here goes the other one. You remember those days when you had two dogs, and but one would start and the other one would just join right Well, in. no, uh, Zeke never barked. Oh, okay. Well, Zeke yep. was a good dog. He was a really good dog. He's dead now. All right, so that was our list of five. He is. He is. He is. He's gone. So again, in our Discord channel, what's your five? Let us know. We just talked about uh, the five games that we would rebuy. Well, it just so happens, Tony, that one of the games that I would rebuy is a daily deal right now on Miniature Market. Which one's that? Arkham Horror, the card game core set that's regularly $44.95 is on sale for $12. Really? Yes. So if it's like, okay, I want to rebuy it. Oh, look, it happens to be the daily deal for only $12. I can get one of my five games. That's the thing about Miniature Market, y'all. There's daily deals all the time. And the only way you'll know about them is you got to go out to the site to see them. In fact, people on our Discord channel are constantly like, hey, did you see this daily deal? Did you see this daily deal? And people are going out and picking up stuff. So I think that's just really ironic that the day that we record this, one of my five games happens to be on sale over there for 12 bucks. But not only that, they've got tons of sales going on and you're going to want to keep an eye out for all the new games going to be coming out. Pre-orders are going up for a lot of the games from Gen Con. So to find out more, head over to miniaturemarket.com. It's no surprise for y'all that have listened to us know that Arkham Horror the Card Game is one of my favorite games. However, Tony is not a fan of this game at all. So you may be wondering, well, Marty, how do you get this game played? Well, I am very fortunate to have a friend and co-worker who has also invested hundreds of dollars probably uh, into um, Arkham Horror the Card Game. And he's the one I get to play with and have been for many years. So uh, Keegan, thank you for coming on and and covering this uh, fortune and folly scenario pack uh, with me. Hey, happy to be here, Marty. Thanks. I think we, before we started, we said we've been playing together like five years. Yeah, since about right. Five years ago, I think. How many campaigns have we actually played through together? Four? Maybe? Four or five. Yeah, four yeah, or five. Yeah, exactly. So we were getting ready to kick off and get into Scarlet Keys. And we just got the brand new scenario pack from a Fantasy Flight called Fortune and Folly. And these are, if you don't know, these are one-off scenarios. That it's not a long campaign. You sit down, you kind of play in one sitting, and, and you're done. So have you experienced a lot of the other scenario packs? Yeah, I've done a few of them. I think I've done the the one that's in Louisiana, like what the Ruguru, the curse of the Ruguru. The very first, the yeah, first that, one, I yeah. think that's the pronunciation. And uh, and uh, a few of the others, like the carnival ones and the, mystery, yep. the hotel one, uh, the murder mystery. But um, yeah, this one was uh, brand new, and I think they can fit into any campaign if you want to like, put them as a side quest right. option as well. Right. Oh, that's true. That does give you that option. Instead of me explaining what the theme is, let me just read uh, what's off the front of the book here because to me, this is Ocean's Eleven and Arkham oh, absolutely. Horror Universe. Absolutely. Um, so here it is. Uh, a casino in Monte Carlo is using probability manipulating powers to accumulate wealth at the cost of endangering the populace. One to four investigators, yeah, you can play solo with this, must plan and execute a daring heist in order to capture the source of this cult's power and put a stop to the nefarious work. But will their meddling turn fortune in their favor or will luck run out? Yeah, it is 100%. 
Ocean's Eleven. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I, I could I couldn't think of any other heist film it would match more perfectly than Ocean's Eleven because it's actually broken up into two parts, which is kind of different for these scenarios. The first half of the scenario is basically all right. Imagine I think it was Danny Ocean was his name gets together with a crew of people and they said, "Look, we're going to go into a casino. We're going to do a heist, but first we need to go and case out the joint." We need to go check out surveillance cameras. We need to see how security's handled, how money's moved through the places. Maybe we can try to grab some keys, maybe grab mm-hmm. some uniforms to disguise ourselves. We're literally doing that in the first half of this game. Yes, that's right. It's, it's a, a lot of, like I said, it's just a setup where if you try to put out your, your weapons, you try to put out all your gear to play the game, you're going to mess up big because you're, what you're trying to do is set up for the heist itself, mm-hmm. not your actual character. So there's actually a checklist of things that you're trying to do uh, in that first half before you like uh, air quote resign which means okay time is running out we need to get out of here let's just grab what we can and we'll come back for the heist uh, later but while you're in the casino and I think this is really cool is that you can actually place you can go up to some of the locations like the poker table or the is it baccarat yeah baccarat yeah baccarat table and actually play a game and the games are played through the uh, scenario cards that they give you because upper in the upper left-hand corner of the scenario card are actually the four suits of a 52-suit deck plus their uh, value. 52-suit deck. 52-card deck, the four suits. And when you come up to a location, you can actually try to play, game, play a game in order to win something. So, for example, at the Baccarat table. You can discard the top two cards of the encounter deck, check their game icons, meaning that's their suit and value. If the combined value of their ranks is higher than 18, then the player wins. If it's lower, then the banker wins. So there's these risk-reward things that you can do at each of the tables to try to help you out, which is really unique. Yeah, I love that. And we were, I mean, you have to, you have to do this. Like, you can't, you can't ignore it in the game. And uh, I remember we were just, like, digging through the encounter deck all the time trying to count cards and figure out what's, what were the, our best odds were. And that just adds a really unique flavor to the scenario. Because it actually tells you what the values of the cards are in the deck. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of figure it out. But what's interesting is, as the game goes on, more cards are added to the deck that will actually make it harder for you to pass. Like this one's looking for an 18. What they do with later cards in the deck, they add lower values of the cards mm-hmm. into the stack, making it less chance of you getting that 18. Yeah, absolutely. It completely changed the probability. It's almost like a little mini uh, encounter bag, you know, where they're swapping out tokens on you, but this is all through the, through the encounter deck. So one thing I've liked about these scenarios is a really cool thing that makes it feel unique and different. So those early ones, like you had mentioned, the cursive ragaroo, and the uh, the carousel, the um, not the carousel, the um, carnival, mm-hmm. the carnival, uh, they kind of were kind of all right. This is kind of like intro scenarios. They weren't very different. But now that we've come out, things like the murder mystery hotel, which was cool, the scenario where you can travel back and forth between two different mm-hmm. times, uh, which is cool. And now this one just feels totally unique with this heist theme. It's not about beating up people or mm-hmm. fighting and stuff. It's literally going around and stealthily. Trying to collect those items you need. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a completely different feel from any of the campaigns, really. And like I say, if you if you approach this as a normal Arkham Horror scenario, you're not going to fare real well. You have to come kind of a completely different approach for it. Mm-hmm. And so, once you do the first half of the game, then the second half is basically the heist itself. And I'm trying to speak without giving too many spoilers away. I would just say that depending on how well you did in the first half with that little checklist of items, well determine what kind of benefits you get in the second half of the game. The more that you completed, the easier it'll be for you to complete the heist in the second half of the game. Mm-hmm. 
Which we did not complete. We did not complete. <laughs> I felt like we did a lot of uh, checkboxes, but we didn't do them very well, did we? <laughs> no, 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 we didn't. And it's really interesting that you said that one thing you like about these scenarios is that as we get ready to start the Scarlet Keys uh, campaign, is that this is a good way to test decks. Absolutely. So we both play and we go, mm, may- maybe I'll tweak this. Or maybe it's not that. It's like, oh, I see how this deck should be played now that yeah. I've played it and maybe tweak it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a few a few misplays of the deck will uh, teach you a lot about what your deck's going to be. So uh, that's great for this scenario. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so we've already decided, well, we definitely want to play this again. And I, I do like that it, you can... After the basically the getting the information before the heist, it does in the book tell you how to save the state of the game. So you totally could save it and come back and play it later. So I will say that this scenario is probably longer than probably the other scenarios because it is two parts. Yeah, yeah, I play a scenario and a half length if we're counting a you know a scenario, a normal typical scenario. Especially since the second half is kind of resetting the board, so you're having mm-hmm. to do. A couple setups over the course of the game. Right, right. I really, really liked it. I liked the fact that you were playing these gambling games, which made it feel like you were in, where were we again? Monte oh, Monte Carlo. Carlo. Yeah. yeah. So it had that good good gambling feel to it. Yeah, yeah. The, the theme was fantastic, and uh, like the mechanic kind of forces you down a path that you're not typically um, taking in Arkham Horror, which is, is a blast. Um, and I think you could fit into any, like, well, I should say any campaign thematically, but you could definitely fit it into something like, oh, I'm thinking like the Path of Carcosa, and obviously Scarlet Keys is what it's designed for. Um, so you could, you could fit into already pre-made campaigns if you wanted. If you're a fan of Arkham Horror, the card game, there, there are very few scenarios I will say you shouldn't pick up um, because I think most of them are good. However, I think this is one you should definitely add to your collection because it is so unique in what it does. I mean, uh, like you said, Keegan, you're not just going in there. You, you are discovering clues, but you're not going out there brandishing weapons and taking people out because actually that's a bad thing. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> in the first half of the game, you're trying to keep suspicion low, which is actually part of the game. It's trying to keep your, uh, you're trying to be stealthy. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to raise too much suspicion upon yourself because the more that you gather, there's actually, a, uh, you're actually tracking uh, your suspicious suspicion level, and the higher it goes, the more likely somebody's going to, what's that guy doing over there, and catch you doing something. So anyway, yeah, very unique. Uh, seriously, you play it, you'll feel like you're Danny Ocean and his crew uh, going into the casino, getting ready to set up a big heist. However, we, we didn't. We didn't, but I am anxious to sit down and try it again, tweak our deck. Oh, I will say, we did come in with Basically, the level zero or experience zero decks, which probably made That's, this this harder. Yeah, that is. You do want to add a few uh, a few higher level weapons or objects to your decks before you jump into any of these because you're looking at like minus five tokens and stuff. So that's right. Oh my gosh, the minus five. How many times do I mean? Literally, it was like the only one that can hurt me is the minus five in the in the auto fail. Oh, minus five. There it is. Yeah, it happened more times than seemed fair. <laughs> That's Arkham Horror. That's, that's Arkham Horror for you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks coming on for doing this with me. It's my pleasure. And uh, who knows, maybe after the Scarlet Keys campaign, we can do a big follow-up on that. They haven't announced what's coming after that. I would assume pretty soon they'll next announce the you next. always hope, right? I'm excited about whatever it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, it still tends to sell pretty well, so I would expect to hear something eh, maybe the second half of the year, beginning of 2024. Looking forward to it. Fortune and Folly out now for the Arkham Horror, the card game. Uh, we give it a thumbs up. And if you try it, let us know what you think.
So over at shopportalgamesus.com, I subscribe to their newsletter. I know you do too, Marty. And I, I do. A, that's right. And I received a very special email about a new army coming to Hiroshima Hex. And that is the Merchant's Guild designed by Joanna Kajanka. And this faction has a new element that's going to do something with the discard token. Oh, I know it's got it's, so straight from the email. If you get the email, you can read it yourself, but it, it's a new way of looking at the token draw from now on. Instead of choosing the worst chip to discard, the player must decide which chip will allow him the best to make use of a unique currency called gamble. This is going to release, of course, on the day of the Moloch, September 5th, 2023. And if you want to learn more, you click on a button in the email and it takes you straight there to where Ignacy is talking about the brand new army. And you can read all about that. So be sure to go over to shopportalgamesus.com, sign up for their newsletter for those great announcements that come from the store, as well as you can also read some of the postings, some of the new information that Ignacy has out there on his various game designs, what's coming in store for Portal Games. That's shopportalgames.com. And another one of my five games from my list is on here on sale. Imperial Settlers is on sale for $31. So see, I can rebuy my five dirt cheap. And I screwed up on the name a couple of times in this ad. It's shopportalgames.com. He's got me so structured to shopportalgamesus.com or US was in one of the other URs. So ignore all that. Just go with shopportalgames.com. Shopportalgames.com. Got it. All right, Tony, I saw you got a key for a Switch game, uh, a Bubble Bobble? Is this the classic game? What What is this you got to play? No, this is not the classic game, but it is one of my favorite types of games like Tetris. This is called Puzzle Bobble Every Bubble. I will not say that fast. That's tough, yep. That is a tough game, but it is... So you remember those games kind of like where you would shoot, bounce the bounce the balls off the side and try to connect three and blow stuff up or connect multiples to try to clear the board yes, or yes. along those lines. Yeah. That's what this game is. Okay. Okay. You are trying to go out and clear the board for various, um, and release people that are trapped in bubbles in this buzzle, bo- buzzle, buzzle, buzzle. Good gosh. Bubble bobble world. Mm-hmm. In doing so, you go up to the next level. If you clear so many levels at so many rankings, you open up these hidden levels. But basically, it is a puzzle game along those lines of Tetris. Certain bubbles do special things, like do major explosions. I don't know why these games speak to me as much as they Tetris does not. Mm, okay. But this bouncing stuff around and connecting them and trying to shoot these little balls in the gap so that they... I feel a lot of accomplishment when I just do make that gap and it goes up and connects to all these others and it makes all the other bubbles fall down and explode. And I do it in a timely manner so that I get the bonuses. And these are all timed games. You can't sit there and strategize a long time. You've got to get it done in, in in a minute or less, depending on how quickly it's going. And I'm stuck right now. I cannot complete a level. Is this the type of game where uh, levels added and it keeps pushing down? No levels are added, but the, it keeps dropping. Well, that's so okay. That's it. But so it does keep dropping. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I played. Uh, there's been a lot of popular games that kind of fit that. Like you said, you got to match three for them to drop off, 
and if you can complete a chain where you knock off a whole big section that's hanging on by the you know three that you hit, same sort of deal. Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of them are like you got to be able to hit around these blocks, but they don't disappear. So you got to do this ricochet stuff. Oh, I sucked at pool, so uh, this ricocheting doesn't work well to for me. But th- that's where I'm at. I mean, the one where it's just like, oh, son of a gun, I, if I screwed up, do 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 do. Game over. Okay, do it again. See if I can get better. Get better. Get better. And I'm still, I'm not better, noob. I'm stuck in my level. I hope to clear it here. I've lost practice. Because this is one of those things I think goes with the um, muscle memory on these games. Mm, okay. Where, yep. you, where you can quickly go through and shift the bubbles and, and swap things out. A lot of neat things are in these that I've never seen in these type of busting games before. So I can't wait to see more of that. I don't know. I haven't done the multiplayer because it's just been me. Is it co-op multiplayer or head-to-head? Uh, I think it, it's both. Okay. That Oh, man. Maybe I should pick up a copy that we could do a, a co-op. That'd be fun. Yes. I, to, but to be honest, I haven't explored it. I've only done the single player okay. and I've, I'm only in the second island. I've played you know, close to 25 games of it before um, the wedding kicked in. And it's one of those things where... Usually, I don't take my Switch with me when I travel. Sure. Okay, because it's just big and bulky and things like that. But this game, I decided to take my Switch, which mm-hmm. is unusual. Mm-hmm. So much so that I ordered a Satisfy Slim case. Nice. So I don't have the... So, look, this game, this key made me spend $45. <laughs> those Slim cases are nice. I've got one of those too. Have you got it yet? Yeah, I sit in here. I just got to yeah. pack it up with the various uh, cartridges that I have in my old big one. Now I don't know what to, with the, to do with the big one. I may just give it to Rebecca, but she has the OLED one, but so I don't think it works. She would have to order a grip. Yeah, no, the grip will not work. The new grips that they come out with work with both, but the older grip will not work with the OLED. Since I didn't order a new grip, just the case, it's no big deal. So she got could it. order the the grip if she really wanted one. But we'll see if she does. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I may put it on Discord and say, here's a satisfied case you want. But we're talking about the video game. There's not a whole lot. I mean, it's a fun, mind-numbing game if you enjoy that type of puzzle. I do. I do. So I need to check it out because I, I assume it uses the same characters from Bubble Bobble, the one that we played in college. I just know there's four different colored little dinosaurs. Okay, but it's the and same guys friends. with a little point on their head. Yes, but the points have nothing because they're doing the machine. Got it. Sending right. bubbles up. All right, so it's still in that universe. Okay, well, I need to check that out. It is a huge month for video games. As of today, the reviews for Street Fighter VI came out, came out with a 92. Diablo IV, which comes out 1st of June, has sitting there at a 90. And, of course, you just had the Tears of the Kingdom, which has got big reviews. And then Final Fantasy XVI is crazy. So my sons are like, uh, this is right before Street Fighter VI releases. Uh, Travis is taking a day off. Basically, they're going to spend three days playing Street Fighter VI. And then next week when Diablo Four comes out, I'll be playing that. And I think we're going to have a guild on our Discord channel. I have an RDTN guild for Diablo. That'll be fun to get together and play some multiplayer and stuff like that. So crazy good time for uh, games. 2023 has been amazing for video games that's come out. Like I said, I'm so busy playing Guild Wars 2 that... Mm-hmm. I haven't even looked at Street Fighter Six. What more can you do? It adds an entire single player component to where you don't necessarily have to play against other people. It's almost like a fighting RPG 
where you create a character, you fight, you get experience points, you unlock new abilities, and basically almost like a Pokemon where you go around and fight different trainers and stuff like that and try to beat them and, and uh, build up your skill. I'm interested. Seriously, yeah. I'm interested. I'm, I'm more interested in that than having to go Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, no, I, I, I see that because I have, I have no interest in, video, uh, in fighting games because I stink at them. But when they started talking about the single player component, I went, wait a minute, that's kind of cool. Or you can get power-ups and stuff. Like if you're low on health, you could drink a drink uh, when you're fighting against a boss or something like that. Oh, this is kind of interesting. You can go into the arcade area of your city and they have all these classic Capcom Street Fighter games <laughs> and you can sit down and play the old Street Fighter games in this game. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'll be watching this and maybe if it ever, because, you know, these games are hit or miss on going on sale. This might be a Christmas wish list thing. Diablo 4 doesn't interest you? Not at all, not in the least. Not ever. Okay. I thought you played a lot of Diablo 3 on the Switch or. I did. And it was, and I forgot just how boring those games are to me of, Got it. of what do you call them? Hack and slash? Hack and slash. Yep. I mean, I remember playing the original and I enjoyed the crafting and trying to get all the gems and that kind of stuff. Um, well, I think it was Diablo two that we played. Yeah. Yeah. And I had some ice wizard or something and I enjoyed it because I beat the game. But then when I played three, it was like, okay, I'm just running around these maze and I'm killing stuff. And okay. Then I'm, I don't know. It, I finished it, but that was about it. I was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. I think so. I'm getting Diablo on the PC, but if I was to get street fighter, I may pick it up on the PlayStation. Oh, it's on the plate. I may have to go oh, to yeah. the PlayStation now. Yeah, and uh, I'm thinking about picking up a special controller fight stick uh, where it has the six buttons, like this classic Street Fighter game with six buttons on there. Uh-huh. And so it replaces the the regular PlayStation four buttons on the right with the six button layout. Could you see you and I playing Street Fighter six on the PlayStation? Oh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> Definitely want to clip and share that. That'd be hilarious. I'd be on one side. I couldn't get off a wall. You'd be somewhere else <laughs> punching and we can't ever meet each other. It'd be great. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And if it was 2v2, could you imagine us, you and me going against your sons? It'd be like over in 10 seconds. That's like Smash. I couldn't imagine going to Smash. I played Smash against the boys. That was ridiculous. I got laid out so many times. Dad, you you might want to block that, Dad. Uh, Yeah. Do do you know B's block, right? Or whatever (laughs) block is. Shut up. I'm just going to drink my drink while y'all finish the game. One other thing is uh, we talked earlier about uh, Games Workshop and their miniature stuff coming out. So one thing that they announced I'm really excited about is a new game based in the Age of Sigmar universe, which is their fantasy, called Realms of Ruin. This is basically a company trying to relaunch an RTS, a real-time strategy game that we have not seen in forever. It's coming this fall. They said if you like RTS games, you'll want to keep an eye on this. It's the classic you build up a force, you gather resources, you go up a tech tree, you go fight. I've always loved RTSs. That genre has been dead for too long, and I would love to see somebody come back uh, with it and reboot that thing. Because I, uh, I, I, like you, uh, both of us played spent many hours in a lot of different RTSs many years ago. We, we had an, a Warhammer RTS, didn't we? A couple of them. We had Warcraft 3. I thought I'd have to go check my Steam account and see what game I haven't downloaded in a while. I could have sworn I had a Warhammer type RTS? game. RTS? Like Maybe so, because there have been a lot of things that's come out. But I mean, because you and I used to play Company of Heroes, we played Warcraft 3, we played StarCraft, we played Age of Empires. I mean, we were in a lot of those different types of games that were all RTSs. 
Oh, Warhammer. I don't know what Dawn of War is. That's the one I'm thinking of. That's the 40K RT. No, you're right. That's it. Yeah, my friends who I've played with previously, I've got Wolfpack EE who I've played with and uh, the guy, uh, Redline, whatever his, I remember him and Kidney Stoned. Oh, yes, yeah, that's guys I used to work with. No, you're right. That is, Dawn of War was, came out in 2004. So see, that was right in the, the height of RTSs. Okay. So it was their version. Something. Yeah, we did play that. That was good. Okay. I think I like StarCraft more. Yeah, we, we we played a lot of RTS. So I would love to see somebody come out with a really good RTS game and see that genre get reboosted and play again. So I'm going to keep my eye on that coming out later this fall. That's Warhammer, wow. Aegis Sigmar, Realms of Ruin. Wow, I'm sitting here looking at my Steam library. <laughs> How many unplayed do you have on there? Well, not downloaded. Oh, yeah. Well, played, I mean, there's... Half-Life. Oh, so much fun playing Half-Life back in the day. That was that was so much fun. Magicka, um, Star, Star Wars, Knights of the Orcs Must Die. That was a RTS. No, that was a Tower Defense. That was a Tower Defense. Yes, first-person Tower Defense style game that was really cool. Yeah, Defense Grid was a Tower Defense. Yeah. Of course, Company of Heroes is on here. Age of Empires. My God, Torchlight and Torchlight 2. Well, there's your hack and slash. There's, there's my hack and slash. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that was one of the ones that I started after I was playing that for a while. I started to wane off of it. It was mm-hmm. like, yeah. So anyway, well, with that, I'm going to go play some Guild Wars. And take some names. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, we're giving away a copy of Motor City. To enter, just join our Discord channel. And we don't have a lot of tickets left for our strike event at Gen Con, so jump on it now over at buymeamoonpie.com. Hey man, when you bought that extra space, how did you pay for it? Credit card, check, cash, cashier's check, how did you do it? Credit card? Okay, you can still cancel it. I can still get out of this 10-year thing, so go ahead, cancel it. Nope, you're in for another 10 years and 300 episodes. Enjoy. Enjoy.